From the last plane to the last bullet to the last minute to the last man, we fight! We fight! We fight! We fight! We fight! We fight! Welcome aboard, Aviators fans. This is your captain speaking. I'm Sam Fontaine, and you're listening to In the Cockpit, a podcast dedicated to your Los Angeles aviators. Join us every week as we discuss what's happening on the field and spotlight some of your favorite players. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Int In the Cockpit. I almost got our name wrong. That's embarrassing. I came up with the name. Yikes. In the Cockpit. Episode number nine. We're almost at the double digit mark. This has gone really fast, um, but it's been awesome. So if you haven't checked out the previous eight episodes, go do that right now and get all caught up because there may or may not be things from previous episodes that appear in this episode. You never know. Anyway, enough from me. I'm Jacob Bomber here with my co-host, Michael Kioi. Kioi, what's happening? It's going super well. We're still riding the high of the double win over the weekend which we're going to talk about how you doing jake i'm good sad i missed it but you know had things going on here and all that matters is we got the dubs we called it we got it we got a full-on prediction right let's go yes <laughs> it was fantastic if you were there we probably would have won by at least seven or eight goals so you know we don't want the opponents to feel too embarrassed by us crushing them <laughs> but this week we have an awesome guest Matt Miller, number 20 on the field, 22-year-old rock star, probably the most energetic and super entertaining player off the field and on the field. Matt, how you doing, man? <laughs> Thanks, Kiwi. What's up, Bomber? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. We are so stoked. And uh, just to give a little bit of background, you play ultimate at Cal Poly slow and before you got into ultimate and leading into ultimate can you give us a little background of your athletic life yeah definitely um so I had two older brothers and I just wanted to play uh whatever they were playing at the time growing up and uh most of the time or throughout my childhood I played pretty much every sport and then just played baseball in high school um but I also played beach handball at the end of my high school career, uh, which is kind of an ex- obscure sport. Uh, pretty fun. Uh, one of my def- nope. Yeah, you're definitely gonna have to explain that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So beach handball is it's like a four on four. It's like team handball if you've heard of that. It's like Olympic sport, but it's four that on does four. Does not help anybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's similar to <laughs> ultimate where you can't really run with the ball. You have to. You only get a certain amount of steps. And then you pass it to a teammate and you throw it into a goal. It's like on land water polo uh, with like a crease. Um, but it's beach handball is four on four. And it's actually really exciting because uh, if you throw it in the goal, you get one point. But if you do a 360 or an alley-oop to a teammate, it's worth two. So the whole game is just 360s and alley-oops. It's really exciting. Uh and how i got into that was uh my friend my best friend in high school had a really cool front yard and after after school or uh practice or whatever we would just uh gather a group of friends and play a bunch of random sports in his front yard including team handball at one point and this lady drove by his yard and got out and was shocked that we were playing team handball because no one just randomly plays team handball and she's like I'm actually on the women's uh, U.S. beach handball team. Do y'all want to come out to like a practice? <laughs> and uh, and uh, in Hermosa Beach, that's where the team practices. It's pretty close to where I live. And there was a U.S. Uh, there was like an under 18 team, and we all went out and ended up making the team and played in a tournament. And uh, we played the under 18. Uh, Mexico, Mexico beach handball team. And, uh, I was, I scored the game winning goal in shootouts against them, which is, which is sick. Yes. <laughs> that is epic. Wait, how does the shootout work? Is it, is it one-on-one like it would be in soccer? Yeah. So the game is, it's like two halves and they're timed. And if you're winning at the end of the first half, you just get one point. And if you win at the, the other team wins at the end of the second half, uh, they're winning. To, it's re- the score is reset. Then it goes to shootouts, and it, yeah, it's just like uh, 
it's more like hockey i would say you have you have a teammate uh pass it to you you run up the field at some point and a teammate passes it to you from your end line and you get three steps to shoot it and it's the same rules apply if you do a 360 it's worth two uh or an so did you do the 360 so no luckily our team uh it was tied going into the last shot so i didn't have to that would have been way cooler if i did but that would have been so epic you should have just you should have just hit him with the 360 anyway just Just to add (laughs) insult to injury this is the most unbelievable story that anyone has told so far yeah and and this is like i'm gonna next time i'm in you know two truths and a lie i'm just gonna say i know somebody that played for usa team like i'm gonna use that like by third party what what just happened this is gonna be the most epic pod episode uh this season and we've only gotten one question in halfway <laughs> through the first question so obviously the challenge for matt and i is handball you're gonna have to teach me team let's handball, go let's do what? it what <laughs> oh man jake you could be a monster handball player like really what good. what if you set up jake and the goalie yeah and the goal yeah. the goal and the goal is like six feet by six feet probably he would take up the whole yeah, thing they're not that big if yeah. i okay so I've seen some handball in the past because of Olympics and stuff, and it's literally insane. If you have never, for those listening, if you have never seen team handball, pause this right now, go watch a YouTube video, and look at what we're talking about because it is insanely entertaining. It and is. I cannot believe that you played for Team USA in a th- wow. I mean, it it kind of makes sense. I can see it. I can see it also translating to ultimate. But okay, but so that you, you lived near somebody who drove by. What? <laughs> I oh yeah, that's super random. I my brain's broken. Okay, it is Continue, epic. Keith. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, Matt. I mean, you played baseball. You played handball. Were there any other sports that you you said you played them all? But because that wasn't enough. I mean, we need- <laughs> we're we're trying to get the full gamut here and. And I and now I can piece together why Matt is such a baller on the field. He's got a little handball. He's got a little baseball. Like what else has he got in here? Maybe, maybe a little field hockey. Maybe a little uh, bit of maybe a little bit of a polo. I don't know. Uh, no, we we would actually play like a bunch of different sports. Uh, we lived near the beach, so we played a lot of beach volleyball too. Um, but we, uh, I'd say my best sport would be capture the flag. There's a lot of strategy into that, along with speed. I was really good at capture the flag. Uh, and the group, we would we'd get uh, groups anywhere from... I would have from... named a hundred things. <laughs> I never would have thought to name capture the flag. It's like, that's yeah, we... a sport I'm good at. <laughs> um, no, we had a cool group. It was anywhere from like six to 20 people. We would play kickball, uh, terry ball, basketball, hockey. And... Um, and yeah, a lot of them were really good athletes. Two of them ended up playing D1 soccer, one D1 hockey, one D1 basketball. Like there were some studs in our group. So it was, wow. it was competitive every day. And uh, yeah, it just thrived. And you're playing D1 ultimate. There uh, you go. I guess. None, none of your friends are a professional athlete yet, are they? Uh, no, they're not. Okay. So. You have, you, you have, boom, you have taken the <laughs> crown on that one. King Miller in, in the sports category. So in the, I'm always interested by the psychology side of sports things. So you have, you said two older brothers, how close are they in age? And what was that like growing up? Cause obviously you said you wanted to play everything they played, but I mean, how much, what on the scale of like super encouraging to super, just like trying to keep you in your place all the time. Like how did all of that play out in your childhood? Yeah, no, I was a really bad loser. So it was, it was tough cause they would dominate me. Um, but at some point, at a certain point, my oldest brother probably would like give me baseball lessons, and he like guided me through and, and supported me the most. Uh, and then my little my middle brother just would beat me and and just like beat me down every time in any sport we'd play. So uh, yeah, I don't know. But you can crush them in ultimate. Yeah, exactly. I I beat them in everything now. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we mentioned that you are currently at slow. Um, so you've been there, you've done a few other things. Give us kind of a breakdown of the teams you've played for in ultimate and a couple like things that stand out in your career, whether like team accomplishments, personal accomplishments, what does your ultimate career look like to this point? Yeah. So I didn't really know how to play throw a Frisbee until I got to college. Uh, we would, we would play, uh, 
part of my friend group, we would play a version of Ultimate Frisbee um, called Terry Ball that one of my friends learned at a camp. It was basically a cross of Ultimate Frisbee and handball where instead of catching it in an end zone, you throw it in a goal and there was a goalie. Um, but we would just use like a $2 rubber disc. We, it wasn't like an actual Frisbee. And I got to college and tried to throw an actual Frisbee and it just did not work out too well. Um, I also had an inf- unfortunate injury my freshman year, so I didn't really get to play. I think I played in one tournament with the B team at the end of the year. Uh, but I learned how to throw. I spent the whole year learning how to throw. And then my sophomore year, which was the 2018-2019 year at Cal Poly, we uh, had a really good team. We made it to semifinals at nationals, which is really fun to be a part of. Um, and then the summer after, I played my first year of club, played for the Santa Barbara Sundowners, um, got a lot of playing time and, and learned how to and just improved more. And then this 2020, we had half a season at Cal Poly. And then uh, this summer, I'm playing for the Condors and Aviators, and it's been going really well. Um, yeah. Yeah. You've been balling out on the field and I think, I mean, not to bring too much attention to the injury, but I remember hearing about you before I even knew you, uh, because of this accident and it took me a really long time to connect the dots, but I mean, without, like I said, without going too into it, can you explain to our listeners what, what happened basically? Uh, you don't yes. have to talk about it if you don't want to. Yeah, no, it actually ties into the aviators a little bit. Um, so part of that that summer before my high school, or s- s- uh, before college, uh, my friend group would go to some aviators games. Uh, my friend's mom just found them on the internet, and we started going to the games. We had no idea what was going on. We'd just like yell when the crowd would yell and just scream the whole time. Um, but uh, and then I that and then I wanted to play college ultimate because of the aviators. I thought. I just wanted, that was my goal. I wanted to play for the aviators and, uh, about like a month into school, I got, uh, just sick with like a normal virus. And then it ended up spreading to my heart and I couldn't, uh, I was hospitalized for a bit and I couldn't exercise after that. I had to recover for about, uh, three months of, of like no exercise at all. And, um, the mascot of the aviators at the time made a video, Ace the aviator, he made a video for me, which is super cool. And he was like, the aviators have your back, thumbs up, salute. And it was really, it was really cool. Uh, that like made my year and, um, helped me get through it. And it, and, uh, yeah, I actually recovered super quickly, which is fortunate. Usually it was, uh, typically it's like older people would get the thing that happened to my heart and it usually takes them like a year or three years to recover and i was fortunate it was only three months for me and then uh easing back into activity was really tough because i wanted to like go out and do sprints right away and that was really difficult um but i I ended up on my feet and here i am i mean that is such an incredible story in itself the two parts of it one recovering from the injury which sounds awful but we're super happy that you did. And two, being having the dream, the goal of being on the aviators, just randomly stumbling across it. And this this is a type of story that we ESPN does a thirty for thirty on or or something like that. This is our version of thirty for thirty. Yep. And uh and I can I can see it now, the montage in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean th- th- to be honest, as a Jake and I are older ultimate players and we've been playing for a little while, but to hear stories about younger players just seeing it and then wanting to play is super cool. Like I hope that you have that same effect on some other random kid that comes to our game and you know, who knows, maybe, maybe several years from now when you're still on the team, that kid says, Matt Miller was my hero (laughs) and I wanted to be on the aviators just like him. (laughs) <laughs> so you've only been playing for two and a half years and even that is like not even accurate because you didn't really play for a lot of the first year yeah that's bonkers yeah, yeah, yeah. i was trash after two years of playing ultimate i was still not good and you are a beast i've been lucky to to be a part of some good programs that have that have really taught me how to like play in a system and how to play. So that helped uh, 
accelerate the process. Yeah, but it does feel like you're, you know, when you when you watch an ultimate player, you can see them turning the corner from being decent, being good, to starting to become really, really good. Do you feel like that's kind of where you're at right now? Um, yeah, I don't know. I hope I still gotta still gotta get better. Uh, I I have no limit for myself. I can see myself keep getting better every year, and that's the goal. Um, I don't know where I am, athletic or in my uh in my mountain hopefully not at my peak yet so we'll see yeah no it's a good answer you gotta stay you gotta stay humble don't forget about us matt when you <laughs> when you uh are the the headline attraction for the aviators jake jake and i will be the water guys on the side <laughs> <laughs> but um moving moving ahead to our next question like you said, you've been you've been in some really good programs. Do you have any specific players that have kind of inspired you, or um, maybe even do you remember any of the aviators from those games back back several years ago? Yeah, no, I remember. Uh, we showed up to the first game and we we got the pamphlet of everyone's picture of who was on the team, and we looked and we're like. We like I like uh, Zach Theodore's mustache. Let's yes. root for him. And then uh, no, I remember you. I remember Blitz and Sean. Um, I didn't know that they called him Blitz then. Uh, I think we were the only ones yelling Mitchell in the stands. But <laughs> uh, yeah, no. But it's fun watching all. Then now getting to play with you guys is, is really cool. Um, I'd say at Cal Poly, uh, there was uh, two seniors that I looked up to a lot when I was a a sophomore, I guess, um, Sean Liston and Dylan Whited, they were, uh, they were really good. And what made them even better is their long, beautiful hair. And I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to take part of that, um, part of that, because I feel like if you're really good, but you also have really cool hair, you look even better. So that's what I'm going for. So the people want to know is, is your hair naturally this color or have <laughs> you done, have you done some things to, stand out a little no i actually bleached it uh in march but it wasn't really i, didn't, I wasn't planning on keeping it this long i just like how it, how it looks now so it's it's actually brown it's a good look i Thanks. have to backtrack a moment <clears throat> talking about like when you're going to the games you were like that group that was obnoxiously loud at every game basically yeah, yeah, we we that, ended up, okay. That I did not connect those things at all. <laughs> yeah, it was, man, it was that the, makes wow. The 2017 season, and we we went to a lot of games. Uh, I don't really yes, know you why. <laughs> we went was, to. You were obvious whenever you were at one, and it was amazing. <laughs> and I can't believe that was you. Wow. Yeah, we went to like a lot of the home games, and then we went uh, into the game in San Diego, and then a game in San Jose, and a game in San Francisco. And I remember showing up to one of the games. Uh, it was, I think, in San Francisco when the Flamethrowers were still a team. And one of the owners like pointed out Bo Kittredge on the sideline and made, tried to make a joke to us and said, oh, I see Bo over there. Yeah, I once skied him. And none of us knew what that meant or who he was. So <laughs> I felt really bad. Because... That's <laughs> incredible. The idea that somebody would be watching Ultimate and not know who Bo Kittredge is at that time. <laughs> I love it. That means that means Jake that he knew more aviators than arguably the best ultimate player of all time, and and I'll, and we'll take it. We'll take it. Take it. <laughs> yes, that. we and, will. And now that you mention it, um, dude, I remember that group as well. You guys Bunkers, did go to a lot of games. This is insane that that was you. Like yeah. I'm, this entire episode is just ruining my head. With, <laughs> we're connecting all the dots. This is fantastic. I wow. Um, okay. Well, this is only going to get more interesting with our next, <laughs> you love introducing the segment key. So I want you to do it. Oh, okay. Well, so fun, weird, random story that you have off the field, hopefully related to ultimate. And we've had some, we've had some good ones so far. So what do you got for us, Matt? Plus your involvement in the... <laughs> the story that was told last yeah. oh yes <laughs> um i don't really have i feel like i don't really have that crazy of a story i haven't been playing for too long that's ultimate related or on the sideline um 
I will I will say there's some parts of that that uh, Nationals trip that was mentioned last week that I could bring up. Uh, one one part um, in the semifinal game we got to play uh, North Carolina and there was a uh, at the the the, sh- uh, the fields there was like a showcase field that was like a stadium. So anyone on the sideline had to be like on the team or a, a volunteer or a ref. And this one dude on the Georgia team snuck onto our sideline and he was wearing a camo shirt. It didn't look like any of our jerseys at all. And he somehow snuck onto the sideline and just started heckling North Carolina for like the yeah. whole first half of the game. And none of us knew who he was, but it was just super funny. Uh, and he, <laughs> and then eventually at like halftime, I heard someone on a radio like screaming at someone to like kick him out of there. Uh, but that was just super <laughs> random and super funny because we weren't really expecting that. And he was just supporting us, which is really cool. And he was like going onto the field, giving out high fives. I don't know how <laughs> no one noticed him until halftime. Um, but that was cool. And then I uh, also... So Calvin mentioned the story last week. Uh, we made the mistake of some of us uh, planning or uh, what is it? Scheduling our flights for about seven or eight in the morning, the morning after that, um, which was really tough. But <laughs> Rookie move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what was cool was in Texas, one of our teammates lived there. So our whole team stayed at his house. So we had about like 20 to 30 guys just staying at his house and... I think four or five of us had to get up at like 4 a.m. to to uh, to go to the airport. And uh, one member uh, – so Calvin mentioned uh, Jake Thorne, KJ, and myself. Um, on the, the ride back to the airport, someone threw up in the car, and it wasn't Jake Thorne, KJ, or myself. Uh, <laughs> and he was sitting in the middle seat, and it just got oh. everywhere. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I will say that uh, I don't want to. I don't want to throw anyone's name out there, but oh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Very we'll find out. Very cleverly left out by somebody in their storytelling. What one thing's for sure is we always find out who it is, whether we officially broadcast it or not. <laughs> we we always do. This is like in the cockpit after dark is when we yeah. find out the uh, all all the names that have been omitted from oh. these stories. But, dude, I mean, like you said, you haven't been playing long, but those are two pretty solid stories. So, incredible. We're pretty happy with that. I love this. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Well, zero segue. So, you're in college. So, clearly, you're studying something. Let us know what, what it is you're studying and what you're like anticipated future is or other current like outside ultimate pursuits are right now that go along with if they even exist maybe you're just all in on ultimate right now which is working out you know (laughs) what does that look like uh yeah i'm studying business uh information systems at capoli um i'm gonna be i just have a one and a or i have one quarter left of school but i'm gonna stretch it to two so i can play in the spring um I am currently working uh, in Irvine right now this summer just for a, a just like an internship. I do. Um, I work for a company that sell uh, that sells working capital loans for small businesses, um, and I do some data analytics for them. And I also do some sales, which is really fun. Uh, it's 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 new. Um, it's definitely not what I want to do in my future, but it's it's just a fun experience for the moment. Get a call a bunch of people every day. <laughs> I can see you being really good at the the socializing on the phone, trying to schmooze people into into buying their your product and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Just and and I'm trying to envision you, uh, you know, all all dressed professionally, which you probably get to go to work pretty casual. But I would love to I would love to find out that you show up in like a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I do not wear a suit, but. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow I will. Oh uh, yes, that would be incredible. I would love that. <laughs> do you do you feel like it's uh, easy to balance that right now with all the ultimate? Because Condors and Aviators is it's a pretty big commitment, and we got both seasons overlapping right now. Yeah, so it helps that um, I my brother actually works for the company, and uh, he's he uh, he's one of the managers there. So he he made it very easy for me to 
get a schedule that works for my Frisbee summer. So I, I, I can easily take off a, a Friday for a flight and not have any stress about it. So it's, it's been really good this summer. And there's also a, a, a gym in the building that I work. So uh, after work, I can just work out, which is really nice. So that's a plus. Yeah, that's super clutch. It's amazing. So rookie year in the ADL. And we've talked about the, your incredible path to get here to this moment. Have you, again, you've played in you know a handful of games. Do you feel like you've had a welcome to the AUDL moment either in like overwhelmingly like this is awesome or being put in your place as a rookie like on either end of the scale? Like how do you feel like you've had that moment? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think the first game I actually got a welcome to the, the AUDL. Um, the first touch I had, I caught a reset and then instantly threw a turn. Uh, it's my only turn <laughs> so far this season, but it was my first throw in the league, which is tough. <laughs> um, and then also, uh, in that first game, I was guarding uh, Lior Gaval and he was cutting deep. And I was in, I had a great, great positioning on the disc. It was hocked to him. And all I had in my head was just don't get skied, don't get skied. And I got up and touched just barely, just barely anything on the disc. And it ended up just floating another four feet and he caught, clap caught it in the end zone, um, which is definitely a, a like, welcome to the league. You're going to have to do better than that. Um, so yeah, no, but I've, I've definitely uh, changed my mindset and realized that it's not that big of a deal it's just frisbee and i can compete so ladies and gentlemen if you were listening closely earlier in this episode he did not know that what it's what it meant to sky bow kittredge and then now he's using it in a sentence so you can come a long way <laughs> in this sport good job man yeah i remember that play specifically and we actually talked about it for a second on the pod in one of the earlier episodes but that that to me showed you're going to be totally fine because even even just getting up there, getting a piece of it, and Lior just got lucky that it didn't get, you know, pushed out of bounds and stuff like that. So I think since then, I mean, that's incredible. You've only had one turn, that one throwaway. We we cannot say that. Jake and I <laughs> definitely cannot say that. So. <laughs> So you're doing a you're doing a great job, and it's not like you're not, you know, getting passes. You're you're helping significantly on the on the D line and being a rock for them when they when they get the block and um, are on offense. So I think that's been a a good role for you and has helped the team a bunch. But you know we're we're excited to have you on the squad, and you've talked about this already. Your past. But is there anything else that you'd like to mention about being on the team this year, what it means to you to finally be an aviator, um, kind of achieving that dream? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if I have anything else to say. It's it's just been uh, it's like a dream come true, I guess. But uh, but finally being here, um, I have a whole lot of a lot of way to to go and to improve, and hopefully um, see take the aviators with me, but not like I'm a leader or anything, just, uh, but be able to go to like a, a championship weekend, um, would be really cool. And that'd be the next step. But, uh, it's been super fun to be on the team. Everyone's really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, being on, being, having free flights is, is, is really cool. <laughs> that, is, that is, that so. is a plus. I think, I think it was, this was mentioned on someone's AUDL Twitter account, but, we're, we're going to be a big problem in the next few years just because of how young we are in terms of the talent that we have and if we keep any form of roster consistency going into next year. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this year is uh, out of reach for us to make the playoffs, but I think that, you know, we started the season not like we would have wanted to do. We're now on a win streak, which we're going to talk about in a minute, and we plan on running the table, but you know, looking a little bit ahead to next year, I'm I'm pretty excited for the team and uh, knowing that you're going to be on the squad, 
you know, we still got all the other Cal Poly guys. Maybe we had a couple more pieces. I mean, it's going to be, we're going to be pretty solid. So very, very stoked that you're, you're on the team and already have been a big contributor. But I would, I want to get your thoughts on the weekend and you know, it doesn't have to just be about the games, but just the overall experience, you know, anything that you, that you have specifically. Yeah, no, it's super fun. Uh, Memorial stadium. That was my first time, uh, going there or playing there and it got really loud for, uh, the, the amount of people that were there, which is super exciting. I kind of wish the game was a little bit closer just so the crowd would be a little bit more into it because we kind of pulled away pretty heavily towards the end. Um, but that was definitely the most fun game I've played this far. Uh, I feel like I touched the disc so much that game. I felt like I was playing O-line, uh, but I didn't play a single point of O-line, which was really cool. Uh, our team played so well. Uh, that slow core D-line with moving Calvin over uh was was really cool and uh it was really fun to play with him i usually uh match up against him and practice and whatnot but uh playing with him and handling with him is is really fun okay I'm just gonna so briefly mention that he completely botched a double team early in the game that is all got to got to keep him humble got to keep him humble no he, he still has plenty of decision making uh questionable decision making uh decisions but uh so according according to the stats, you had two assists, a goal in the Seattle game, and 24 completions, which you're right. That is a ton compared to you were third on the team in completions that game playing defense. As a D-line, that's yeah. <laughs> well, and and so the people that Colin Gall uh, leaded, led, leaded, led the team in completions, he does get a little cheat mode, though, because he picks up the pool, and so almost every pass that he... That's like a plus one for every point. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. No, no shade, Colin, but that does help pad the stats a little bit. And Sam had uh, the second most completions. You were the third right there. Um, also, shout out to Lotto. He was only one behind you. And KJ was tied with him. So our defense was definitely putting in some major work and by and and if people weren't there by the stats, we scored 6 goals in the first quarter, 5 in the second, 5 in the third and 5 in the fourth. So our goal distribution was pretty pretty phenomenal. Like shout we out really to Kioi for getting the score relatively for knowing it was going to be a low scoring game going into that. Shout out to me for the point differential. <laughs> True, we we we're going to talk about our predictions in a second because I, <laughs> I will have to brag a little bit. But do you, so the the Seattle game, yeah, you you were fire and a huge contributor. Do you have any thoughts on the the San Jose game? Uh, yeah, actually, one more thing. Uh, one of my friends who I would go to the games with um, a couple years ago actually moved to Seattle, and he brought his whole family. So I had a decent crowd at the game there, which is really cool, and some other That's friends awesome. from school that live there. And then in San Jose, I had a, a whole bunch of my slow core teammates were, were there in the stands as well. So I felt at home everywhere I went, uh, which was really nice. And then, uh, But yeah, that San Jose game uh, was fun. I feel like we didn't necessarily play uh better but we just made less mistakes and ended up being able to hold on to the win from that i thought everyone played well uh danny had a great weekend so that was really cool to see and um yeah no it was a different i felt like a completely different pace of the game i don't know it was a is uh, interesting i guess i was i was guarding a, a cutter the whole game compared to a handler um for seattle so it, f it feels like a completely different game um, but it, it was it was a great game. Yeah, I think I think we did play better in Seattle, and I, I want to go back to that game really quickly because you mentioned the crowd, you mentioned your friends being there. It was loud, the loudest we've experienced this whole season so far. And and by the numbers, I would have to look and ask Seattle, but I, I would guess at least 500, 600 people in the stands, maybe more. Um, I know that they've spiked some 
huge crowd attendance and that may not sound like a lot to some people but for us that's that's a pretty solid number and they they were into it shout out to them for really promoting youth ultimate tons of kids there i talked to my friend monica who is on the aii board the audl inclusion initiative and she helps out with youth ultimate she said there are 45 kids before the game at their youth clinic and that's huge and and they stay for the game they they hang out with their families i mean they're doing some amazing things up there in seattle so we appreciate their hospitality and and growing the sport but Anyway, I do want to talk about Danny because he crushed the world. I mean, he was plus 11 in that Seattle game and plus 8 in the San Jose game. So, like, uh, it's just phenomenal. And for those that don't know, I'm not going to speak on this too much because it is a personal thing, but Danny's grandfather and our coach, Jeff's father, passed away um, about a week and a half ago and coach you know talked to the team before the weekend started and Sam Cook said something that was incredible to me he said you know for those that aren't spiritual and he said he's not spiritual but it had this spiritual feel to it where coach was talking about his father and then Danny goes out there and just crushes it and we get two wins so I think yeah when when we were talking about that after um kind of got a little goosebumps the hairs raising on my arms and I was like yeah it it did feel like we were doing that for coach and and for Danny and their family so um shout out to to Danny for and and for just being a a good guy the whole weekend so anyway did a lot of talking (laughs) and now they're enjoying a much needed and deserved vacation on the east coast yeah yeah I love it um Jake so you picked, remind me of who you picked for the weekend. Look, Sam Cook really let me down. Oh, <laughs> brutal. I, I, I mean, confession to the listeners, I didn't have a chance to watch both games in their entirety because I was at a bachelor party weekend all weekend. And, you know, things happen that don't involve sitting on a couch watching Ultimate Frisbee, unfortunately. <laughs> So I didn't get to watch much, but just looking at the stats, you know, Cook is a guy that can put up numbers and he didn't necessarily put up a lot of numbers. And in our first opportunity against his former team, I was like, he's going to go out there and crush. And, you know, we won. So that didn't quite work out. (laughs) And, and I had Kyle Johnson on defense and I don't know, maybe he just shut his guy down the whole weekend and that's why he didn't get any blocks because you can't throw to covered guys. So I'm just going to, without having looked at game film, I'm just going to default to giving Kyle Johnson a lot of credit for just being a stud on defense and not having to get any stats because nobody threw to his guy. Yeah, Kyle is a stud. And Cook Cook had a great game in San Jose, I thought. he, I mean, he threw four assists. He had a goal. And uh, I think Sam Fontaine put it really well. He's, he, well, you said he can make plays. Sam said he's like a glue guy and can really just facilitate moving the disc and all that kind of stuff, which I feel like on a week to week basis, anyone on our O line kind of can fill that role, which is great. And we've had rotating people, um, play really well, which is fantastic. Like Marcel played super awesome the week before. Now we have Danny, you know, that brings us to who do we think is going to blow up this Sunday home game against Seattle. This is the last time we get to play them. Matt, you got to think on it. Who who you who you picking? Okay, do I pick scores too? Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. So I think we're gonna beat them. Uh, we're gonna win, of course, at home. First home win. Is that correct? We don't have a home win yet, do we? Ooh, no, tough, that's true. Tough. <laughs> Sorry. That is Ouch. tough. <laughs> true. <laughs> You're right. That's our fault. Yeah, we're letting the yeah. fans down. Yeah. But that'll change this Sunday. Uh, we're gonna beat Seattle a nice uh, twenty to seventeen. They're gonna make it a little bit closer, but we're still gonna hold out. And I think uh, Sam Fontaine's just gonna be a rock on offense. He's gonna he's gonna lead the team in assists and um, and just do great. And I'm gonna take him to Wendy's after for a little celebration. And for defense. <laughs> 
Uh, I think, I think, I think all my slow boys are gonna do well. But um, I have to give it to Tweak. He's gonna shut down Manny and uh, make it really difficult for them to score. All right, Jake. What do you got for us? Scores. Uh, man, I I want to say we're going to score more. I like more scoring. And, you know, we're just out here shutting teams down. The ADL made it a point after, you know, some nudging by somebody to highlight our weekend and point out that we only gave up 34 goals over two games. And that's really good in our league to hold really talented teams down like that. So I would like to say our defense is going to continue to be awesome. And maybe we'll just score more. So I'm just going to ride this train of like, I got it right against Seattle last time. So I'm going to go, I'll keep the 17, but I'll, I'll go 24, 24, 17, putting up a big, Woo. you know, go big or go home, man. And we'll be at home, so. Yeah. What about, uh, and no pressure for us to, you know, do well in my head coaching debut. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> oh yes. Wow. But what about, what about, uh, offensive I was trying to look up our lines to see uh, who's doing what, make sure I, I know <laughs> what our options to choose from are. Um, you know, <laughs> it's really hard for me to see Wayne Lou's name and not want to choose him again, just hoping that some ridiculousness happens again now that he's gotten one game under his belt this season. So I'm just going to do that. On defense, Wayne Lou and those Cavs, man, unstoppable. He's going to wreck some fools on D. And offensively... I don't know, man. What? Let's do something fun. Let's go. God, it's like too easy to say. I'm gonna Sam Fontaine. Sam Fontaine's gonna have like six assists. That's what I'm gonna go with. All right, I'm liking these predictions. If we're scoring 24 goals, we need you know something's gonna happen. So yeah, that's let's go, Sam. that's a lot of goals. I I I also think that we're gonna score more than we did against Seattle. We scored 21. I think we're gonna score 22. And I think that it's. It's going to be close-ish. Um, I'll give Seattle 18. I think 22 to 18 is sounding pretty solid right now. And for for the players, oh, again, I'm going to pump myself up. I also picked Blitz last weekend, and he had a great weekend. So especially that one crazy block he got on that huck. We basically just jumped in front of the guy, and not, and his wrist had this huge welt on it from <laughs> how hard the disc hit him. Anyway, I'm going with... Mm, I'm going to take Cook this week on offense. It's going to be against Seattle again, and he's going he's gonna to really put it to them. We're going to have words if he shows up this week. <laughs> I wanted to pick... I want to pick Lotto, um, and I think Lotto is going to play really well as well. If he's, I didn't check the roster, so if he's not even playing, he is. Oh, he is great. I Lotto is my runner-up, but I'm going to pick Cook, and I think on defense, you know what? I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Sheamus. I think no. he's going to. I think he's going to get at least. Two blocks, which is tough to do in a game. I mean, one block is difficult enough. Two, I think, is a, a great game for a defender. And who knows? Maybe he'll he'll get the hat trick. So I would I would again like to point out an insane play that happened. The Sean holster that didn't holster. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon like mentioned it to me, and I was like, "What? That doesn't even make sense." And then, <laughs> if you want to see the play, listening, it is up on Instagram. Both the ADL and the Aviators reposted it, and it's on one of the slides. Sean basically makes a really good D on like a floaty throw to his guy. D's it. It hangs in the air. He has to go chase it down in front of his guy. Gets it. Looks upfield. Is ready to throw a huck. Looks like he fully intends to throw the huck. But at the last second, stops. He's throwing a forehand down the forehand lane and tries to stop himself. But the disc still comes out of his hand, except it flies almost perfectly horizontally to the left through a crowd of about six players and magically winds up perfectly in Danny's hands, like in stride while he's jogging. And 
the best part of that play in the video is the announcers completely losing their minds and having no idea what's going on. And then Sean scores the goal. And it's like, what just happened? This is crazy. <laughs> that play was ridiculous. And I think uh, someone mentioned that Danny had just put magnets in all of the discs before <laughs> the weekend started. And that's how that's how he was able to catch everything and just drop dimes everywhere. And you know what? I don't hate it. I hope that Makes he loads sense. loads Makes the sense. them up with magnets again because <laughs> it was it was ridiculous watching that. And I think that was a big turning point because uh, San Jose had been kind of gaining a little momentum and us turning it over and them potentially scoring would have been terrible for us. But Sean, like you said, Sean got that D. Sean and we should always shout out Sean. I mean, he's he's been playing great. Yeah it's we don't even pick him anymore in the week because that's just like that's just like not fair he's he's gonna be he's gonna be up there uh sorry sean we don't want you to feel like we're ignoring you you're just you know that's a cheat code (laughs) he would want it that way anyway yeah i know we got to spread the love a little bit yeah (laughs) so two other things real quick one out of the eight quarters you guys played this weekend only lost one of them and only lost it by one that's a good recipe wow. for winning games is to win quarters. Even if, you know, the biggest margin we had was two, but if you win every quarter by one, you win the game by four. That's a substantial margin. So good on you guys for that. Two, we mentioned it going into the weekend, but we didn't really talk about it. How did you guys feel about the travel schedule? Like specifically flying Friday, Seattle, that whole thing. How did that actually play out in terms of where you were at physically, mentally going into the game? Well, I should let Matt answer that question first. Uh, I think it was it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I thought I had plenty of energy and uh, felt good for the Seattle game. We had a uh, we had plenty of time to relax and eat before the game, um, and then the San Jose game. I don't know. My legs felt good. My body felt good. So I I felt great. I was just fired up to play against. Um, san jose and and just get another dub so i felt i felt fine i I didn't have any issues with it but i may not be speaking for everyone there yeah it's nice to be 22 it is nice (laughs) to be young there there were well that having back-to-back games is a challenge having back-to-back games in different states is (laughs) pretty ridiculous and that schedule making i know for the league is very difficult I don't think it's ideal. San Diego went up there and they had a day in between the games, which I think was really huge for them. But surprisingly, like Matt, I felt pretty good. I woke up Saturday morning after playing Friday night and, you know, legs were a little heavy, but overall I thought I felt good. And and I know that a lot of the other players felt pretty good. I think that is just a, a hats off to how hard people have been working um, I know we've been grinding in the gym. We've been doing lots of running. And so I think the team is in good shape in terms of fitness. That probably helped out a lot. Um, but I'm glad that we don't have any more road doubleheaders for the rest of the season. Let's just put yeah. it that way. <laughs> good point. Uh, bonus, last bonus thing, because I know that he's an avid listener and I hope I don't regret this, but I'm, I'm going to shout out Ricky. He had his first goal of the season in the San Jose game. I know he was super stoked. And um, I know he, like I said, he listens to the pod. So, Ricky, nice work. Um, Matt, we loved having you on the pod. Oh, man. It's been a blast. No, thanks for having me. <laughs> It's, I'm still, I don't know what I'm going to do the rest of the night because my mind is still recovering from the first 20 minutes of the show. This this is an all-time great. I mean, this, ep- I, yeah. episode nine, we just keep getting better and better. So I'm glad that, Matt, you really brought the heat because I feel sorry for whoever comes after you. It's going to be tough to, to beat this, <laughs> to beat all these good stories. I don't know how you beat Team Handball. <laughs> I don't, that's just not i can't yeah I'm still uh, i'm still on the search for more sports to play 
So we'll see. Maybe I'll have another another story for you in a few years. All right. That sounds good. <laughs> so again, Sunday, one o'clock, LA Southwest College hosting the Seattle Cascades, hoping to to take them down again, get the season sweep on them before we have our third game of the season against San Diego the following weekend and keep it going. We're currently three and five, which in and of itself isn't great, but it's still like I just read a small portion of the Tuesday toss and, you know, kind of mentioned maybe, maybe we're still or too little too late, too late or something for us to come back. Uh, false. We're right there. We're only one loss behind second place. So, Methinks not. Methinks that we can easily do this. We definitely we have just, a chance. If we split with San Diego, which, you know, we'd rather feel like we can take them out, you know, get them off their high horse. But realistically, split with, split with San Diego and, you know, finish the season sweeps of Seattle and San Jose, we're right there. So Yeah, I'm, I'm saying we're running the table. We're going to end the season 7-5. and five. I'm saying we're, we're winning the next four games. I can see it. I can see I'm it. For it. I'm for it. So, keep that keep that energy up. Come check us out. Be there in the be there in the stands. Make your group the next Matt Miller group. Be <laughs> the ones that are out there just going all out. Pick the randomest player you want and just be all in on that player and then 3 years from now you're going to be on the sideline. Clearly that's the equation to becoming an aviator. Is just all out energy in the stands, and then do your thing. So we look forward to who that next group is going to be. Uh, be out there. We love the support. Um, support the show. Share it. Subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Let them know about the crazy stories we're telling on here. Share it. Bug the AU deal. Share it with them too. Whatever. Get us. Get it popping. We want more people to hear these stories because they're very entertaining. Sweet. Yeah. Thanks, Aviators fan and fans. And until next week, see you later.